The Immortal Game Written by Ilya Krivoshev Narrated by Mark Forward The plot of this story is based on the famous chess game called The Immortal Game, which was played on June 21, 1851 between Adolf Anderson and Lionel Kieseritsky in London. Wanting to build a plot based on a chess game, I chose this one, because it is one of the few that has its own name. This caught my attention. This spy story is inspired by the political events of 2020 to 2021. Many of the characters in this story are projected in the image and likeness of real people, are their prototypes within the framework of the author's fantasy, but they're not really them, nevertheless. Therefore, it would be prudent to make a reservation that all the characters and events in this story are fictional, and any similarity is just a coincidence. Characters The Black Queen Opposition Leader Zavalny The White King, President Alexander Pulu The White Queen, Head of the SSS Igor Ivanovich Patrocelli The White Bishop F1, Writer Zakhar Propanov The Black Knight G8, Incognito with the code name Black Knight The White Knight G1, Agent of Special Assignments of the SSS Krivoshev The White Rook 1, the SSS Department in Brest the White Rook A1, the Palace of the President Pulu. The White Bishop C1, Interpol Investigator Giacomo Bonjani. The White Knight B1, Lieutenant Colonel of the Breast Branch of the SSS Mashukov. The Black Bishop G8, Retired Colonel Skripok. The Black Knight B8, German Minister Martin Kelton. Pawn E2, Pop Singer Enschville. Pawn E7, Homophobic Killer Till. Pawn F2, stage double for Enschville. Pawn B7, the burglar in a black stocking on his head. Pawn D2, the secretary of the lieutenant colonel of the breast branch of the SSS Zayakin. Pawn C7, hired killer. Pawn G2, Zavalny's pursuer in breast. Pawn H2, soldier of riot police. Pawn B2, another soldier of riot police. Pawn G7, Guard in the house of the main enemy. The Black King, the main enemy of President Pulu. Chapter 1 King's Gambit Debut 1. E4 E5. 2. F4 E on F4. Till opened YouTube on his phone, and the first video was a new interview with the singer Enschville. Till was disgusted with this self righteous homosexual but he always looked through all the information about him. Until watch this interview too. The famous blogger Yuri Dahl took an interview with the singer. Yuri Dahl did not torment Enschville for a long time with questions about creativity, and the amount of money earned, but went straight to the question of the singer's sexual orientation. Because this topic interested everyone. And Enschville without a twinge of conscience, without the slightest shame, as always, told that he was really gay. Aren't you afraid to be gay in Belarus? Asked Yuri Dahl. Yes, I know what you mean, Enschil replied. Our society is really homophobic. I have been attacked by bastards several times, but since I am a world-famous singer, I managed to escape. And a simple gay in our country cannot openly say that he is gay, otherwise he will be killed. But precisely because I am a world-famous singer, I consider it right to use my high position and status to openly confess to people my non-traditional sexual orientation. I believe that people should understand a simple thing. Eight billion people live on our planet. And all these people want to live well and eat deliciously. But our planet is not rubber, there are no resources here that can satisfy the needs of all people. And if people continue to multiply further, then there will be a disaster. Homosexuality is a peaceful form of population decline. If you do not want a peaceful form, then you will get a war. Isn't that clear? I do not envy the rulers of our countries, they are all in a very difficult situation now. I think that they all suffer from insomnia, are often stressed. If you started talking about this topic, then I cannot but ask. How do you feel about our President Alexander Pulu and his politics? I think he is handsome. He is a genius. 
The ability to balance on the brink of war and peace is a divine gift that is given to only one person once every hundred years. Till chuckled. He chirps like a nightingale. Well, it's not long for the bird to sing songs. What are your creative plans? Continued the interview with Yuri Dale. Work and work again. And Spiel replied. Now I have a very busy touring schedule. In a week I will go on tour to Germany. A week later, a plane with a world-famous star landed in Berlin. In the evening of the same day, the star gave a concert in an elite club. There were many fans at the concert, the hall was full. Probably, the star had a lot of fans not because of his unique voice, his voice and songs were rather mediocre, but because all his concerts were an amazing dance show. And the singer himself demonstrated acrobatic movements, for example, somersaults. Forty minutes after the start of the show, during another somersault, a bullet flew out of the dark hall. And hit right in the forehead of the singer Enschville. The bloody body fell to the dance floor with a crash. On the morning of the next day, news of the murder of the world-famous singer appeared in all the media. But in the evening, German television was the first to make a refutation, it was not the singer who was killed, but his understudy. Damn it. I miscalculated, Till swore, not hiding his emotions when he watched the television report. The somersault was not done by him, but by his backup. Chapter 2 Bishop's Gambit 3. BC4QH4 4. 4. KF1B5 5. B on B5. Oppositionists of Valny boarded a plane bound for Brest. He was traveling with a specific purpose, to agitate people for his candidacy as president of the country in the upcoming elections. Over the course of several years, Zavalny developed a stormy political activity in opposition to the current government, and personally to President Pulu, becoming leader of the opposition. He consistently exposed the current government, accusing it of corruption and criminality, proving his accusations with legal papers. He appealed to the population of the country to overthrow the current government, because it is a monopoly. Every year a small circle of oligarchs headed by the president got richer, and the people became poorer. The people of the country, of course, sympathized with Zavalny, but they were afraid of the president's anger, and therefore did not oppose the authorities. The people shut up. At first, President Pulu did not take Zavalny seriously and called him a jest. But Zavalny did not give up and continued his struggle against the current government. In the end, Zavalny achieved good results, he managed to organize his own party in Minsk, which now had representative offices in all major cities of the country, Brest, Godmel, Vitebsk, Grodna, Mogilev, Bobrisk, Baranovichi. That is, the party has grown greatly, and now it already posed a threat to the current regime. And on the eve of the elections, Zavalny went on a big tour of all major cities of the country in order to induce the population to vote against President Pulu, his team of oligarchs, and their monopoly, and as an alternative he proposed his candidacy. The first point of his tour was Brest. Zavalny was already sitting on the plane when his colleague called him. Zavalny urgently watched Zakhar Propanov's performance in YouTube. This video is trending now, it has 100 million views. That's horrible. Our business is bad. Zakhar Propanov is drowning us. The plane took off and Zavalny watched a popular video. Sad and depressed writer Zakhar Propanov said. People, come to your senses. Don't be fooled. I almost fell into the trap of this impudent one too. I'm talking about the opposition leaders of Zavalny. All these years he deceived us, accused our president of lying and stealing. And he is also a corrupt official. I thought he was a good person, but recently I received papers confirming that Zavalny was laundering money in Switzerland. He is also a liar, and a deceiver. He just wants to seize power, denigrating the good name of our president. But our president acted honorably. He could have put Zavalny in prison for terrorist activities and confusion, 
but he did not do this and did not even say anything bad about Zabani. I think that the president believes in the wisdom of our people, believes that crooks cannot fool our people. Therefore, people, think carefully before making your right choice in the elections. Zavalny was stunned by this statement. Yesterday Zakhar Propanov was a friend of Zavalny and promised to help in the elections. And today he turned out to be a traitor. What happened? It should be explained that the writer Zakhar Propanov is a very famous, influential and authoritative person in the country, many even call him a spiritual leader. Twenty years ago, he rushed into a burning house to save a little girl. And when he was leaving the flaming building with a child in his arms, some photographer took a picture of him. This photo became a sensation and spread all over the world. Time magazine named it Photo of the Year. Zakhar Propanov became a world-famous person, he was invited to dinner parties by many heads of state, including the British Queen Elizabeth, and the president of the country pool awarded Zakhar the title of hero and presented a medal. So Zakhar Propanov became a celebrity. The people were interested in his opinion on many issues, and he gave interviews with pleasure, answering popular questions. And then Zakhar Propanov began to write books that were sold out in millions of copies. The people listened to everything that the authoritative writer said and wrote. A year ago, Zakhar Propanov called Zavalny and offered his support, because he believed that Zavalny was doing a noble deed, saving the people from the predatory clutches of capitalism. Zavalny gladly accepted Zakhar's friendship, because he understood that if the writer Propanov tells the people that Zavalny is good, then the people will believe and will not doubt. What happened now? Why has Zakhar's opinion changed? What was supposed to help Zavalny now turned against him? Why did Propanov betray Zavalny? Here's what happened. In the evening, President Pulu called Zakhar. I am listening to you, Mr. President, Zakhar answered in a trembling voice. What's the matter, Zakhar? President Pulu said. It seems to me that you have forgotten who made you famous. Thousands of people rescue little girls from burning houses, but none of them receive the title of hero and a medal. I recently found out that you are friends with Zabani. And you're going to help him. How so? I regard such an act as a betrayal. But I want to give you one last chance to improve, Zakhar. If tomorrow you do not make a video against Zabani, then I will be forced to deprive you of the title of hero. What kind of life do you think awaits you in the future if tomorrow you lose your authority? Think, Zakhar, and make the right choice. If you make the wrong choice, then I will be forced to publish compromising evidence on you. Yes, sir, Mr. President. And after this conversation, the President summoned the head of the State Security Service, the SSS, Igor Ivanovich Patrucelli to his office. Igor Ivanovich, Tomorrow we are starting our operation to destroy the enemy, the president said. We must not let him travel around the cities of the country, and agitate against me. The first move in this chess game tomorrow will be made by Zakhar Propanov. He will defame the name of Zavalny so that the people would not trust the swindler. When Zakhar released his video against Zavalny, he turned off all his communicators that day, locked himself in his house, and got drunk out of grief. In a drunken state, he shouted that in his conscience he was for Zavalny, but he could not resist the power of the president, otherwise he would end up on the street, and beg for alms. In the morning, he was awakened by a sound. He picked up his gun, loaded in the evening, and, carefully moving around the house, headed towards the kitchen, from where the sound came. In the kitchen, he saw a man in a black jacket, and a black stocking on his head, who made his way into the house breaking the window. This man had an axe in his hands. The man also saw Zakhar and rushed at him with an axe, shouting furiously. Die, traitor! Zakhar reacted quickly, he pointed his gun at the attacker, and fired. The man in the black stocking fell dead on the floor. Zakhar went up to the lying body, pulled off the stocking from his head, and looked into his face. The burglar was unknown to him. Chapter 3. The Beginning of the Middle Game. 5. 
NF6 6 NF3QH6 7 D3NH5 8 NH4QG5 Zavalmi landed in Brest, his special purpose phone rang. This is a telephone that the boss once gave him personally for direct communication. A simple mobile phone that could not be opened or disassembled, a monolithic apparatus into which it was impossible to insert a listening device. These phones were used by agents from the spy department of the SSS. On this phone, only the chief and a liaison agent with the code name Black Knight could contact Avalmi. Zavalmi could also contact them, button 1 made it possible to call the boss, button 2, to the Black Knight. Zavalmi couldn't call anyone else on this phone. In addition, Zavalmi had instructions on how to destroy this phone if it was detained by the authorities or the country's special services, a combination of the numbers of the day, month and year of Zavalmi's birth, the dialing of which completely blocked the internal system of the armored telephone. This time the Black Knight called. Zavalmi, information has been received that Tulu gave the order to eliminate you. You should be extremely careful now. And stay in touch. During the day we will try to find out who and how will ambush you. Understood, Zavalny said shortly. At the airport Zavalny was met by colleagues from the Brest branch of the party. They surrounded him for safety, and escorted him to the car. Zavalny looked around to find surveillance, but did not notice anything suspicious. But the surveillance was from Minsk. The SSS officer Krivashiv, acting undercover in the guise of an absent-minded professor with glasses, and a checkered jacket, was flying on the same plane as Zavalny, and he was sitting next to Zavalny. Krivashiv did not attract attention, and did not arouse any suspicion from Zavalny. The car with Zavalny stopped at the Metropole Hotel. Zavalny got out of the car, his associates again surrounded him and escorted to the reception. Ten minutes later, a yellow taxi pulled up outside the Metropole Hotel, and an absent-minded professor wearing glasses got out. The professor stayed at the same hotel as Zavalny. An hour later, Zavalny, accompanied by his colleagues, left the hotel, got into the car, and drove to the central square to hold a meeting. Half an hour later, a car drove up to the hotel, and a young man got out with a suitcase in his hands. He was Zyakin, secretary of the lieutenant colonel of the Brest branch of the SSS Mashukov. Zyakin went to the hotel restaurant, and ordered only a cup of coffee. There were a lot of people in the restaurant, almost all the tables were occupied. In the restaurant, at the next table, Krivashiv was also drinking coffee. When Zayakin drank coffee, he left the hotel restaurant, leaving his suitcase at the table. Krivashiv, sitting next to him, took the suitcase into his own hands. Without attracting attention to himself, Krivashiv went up to his room with a suitcase he had taken from the restaurant. Thousands of people gathered to rally in the square. Zavalny made a fiery speech from the stage about the corruption of the ruling regime, and drew the applause of the protesters. His speech lasted about an hour. When he left the stage, he was replaced by associates who continued to orate. At this moment, Zavalny's special-purpose telephone rang again. The Black Knight called. Zavalny, our people reported that Zayakin had just entered the Metropole Hotel where you were staying. True. He only went to the restaurant to drink coffee, he did not go upstairs. But he's obviously sniffing out something, because he doesn't have the habit of drinking coffee in the restaurant of the Metropole Hotel. This is an alarming sign. You should leave the Metropole Hotel and take refuge in a safe place with your companions. Understood, Zavalny said and turned to his closest associate, the head of the breast branch of the party. I have just been informed that it is not safe to stay in the Metropole. The SSS is already monitoring the hotel. Tell me, brother, is there a safe place in Brest where I could take refuge? Of course. At my place, said a colleague. Let's go then. Zavalny, together with his associates, made his way through the crowd to the car. Someone from the crowd threw a rotten tomato at Zavalny. 
The rotten tomato hit Zavalny between his legs. Heck. Zavalny swore. Meanwhile, at the hotel, Krivashev went into his room, and opened his suitcase. The briefcase contained a capsule with Novichok. The drug Novichok is a synthetic poison developed by the SSS, which the UN Assembly has equated to a chemical weapon. This dangerous poison, getting on human skin, poisons the body, and leaves no traces behind. With the help of this drug, the SSS agents eliminated many opponents, but no one was able to prove this, because the poison was not detected during the autopsy. And Krivashev now had to fulfill his task, to apply a mysterious drug on Zavalny. Krivashev put the capsule in the pocket of his jacket, put on medical gloves, picked up the master key, went out into the corridor, and went to the door of the room in which Zavalny was staying. With the help of a master key, he calmly opened the door, and entered the room. He acted quickly and professionally. He opened a suitcase with Zavalny's things, and laid out his pants and panties on the bed. The set included a pair of pants, and five blue panties. Krivashev, put a medical mask on his face, opened the ampoule with the drug, and poured the drug onto a cotton swab. With a cotton swab, he worked the inner pockets of two trousers, and the inside of the codpiece of the blue panties. Then Krivashev heard some voices coming from the corridor. He had to hurry up and quickly put his pants and panties back into the suitcase. Zavalny walked along the hotel corridor with three associates. Maybe it was not worth going back to the hotel, the head of the breast branch of the party said to Zavalny. Look what this bastard has done, Zavalny said. Threw a rotten tomato at me. Now I need to wash myself. You can wash yourself at my house. What will I change into? I need to change my underwear and pants. Therefore, now we will only take my suitcase with my things, and immediately leave. It's good that I haven't had time to unpack my things yet. Zavalny, together with his colleagues, entered the room, took his suitcase, and immediately left. Krivashev, when he heard that the door lock was opening, quickly ran into the bathroom, climbed into the shower and closed himself with a curtain. Fortunately, he did not sit in the shower for long, because Zavalny, just took his suitcase with things, and immediately left. Five minutes later, when Zavalny left, Krivashev got out of the shower, and calmly, as if nothing had happened, left the room. Chapter 4 Saving the Black Queen 9 NF5C6 10 G4NF6 11 RG1C on B5 12. H4QG6. 13. H5QG5. The hired hitman took a comfortable position, and informed his employer by phone. The employer was the Black Knight. Excellent, said the Black Knight. Deal with him once and for all. Yes, said the killer, and aimed the sight of his firearm at the target. His target was the writer Zakhar Propanov. Immediately after this call the Black Knight received the next call from Zavalny. At this time, Zavalny, with a suitcase in hand, and in the company of associates, left the hotel, and got into the car. When Zavalny's car drove away from the hotel, another car also started and followed Zavalny's car. Zavalny noticed the surveillance, and reported this to the Black Knight. The tale from the breast SSS is behind me. What to do? Things are bad, the Black Knight replied. They received an order from the President to eliminate you. You need to run now. Not only from Brest, but for a while from the country. Now I will call our ally, who will be able to pick you up from Brest by helicopter in the evening. You have no other option. But you have to hold out until the evening. Understood, Zavalny said and shouted to his colleague who was driving. Drive to the square. I have an idea how to keep the SSS until the evening. Zavalny's car rushed along the highway at high speed, and the car following it did not lag behind. The chase began. The rally in the square continued. The number of people did not decrease. On the contrary, there seemed to be more of them, even though Zavalny left the rally.
but now he's back. Zavolny's car braked sharply at the edge of the square. Zavolny got out of the car, and ran through the crowd, saying make way to the stage on which his associates were orators. The people parted. Zavolny ran onto the stage, took the microphone, and shouted. People! I was just nearly killed by the SSS officers. They are doing lawlessness. Let's punish the army of criminals together. The people in chorus began to chant down with the SSS, and raise your hands in time. People! Follow me! Shouted into the microphone Zavalny. Zavalny walked along the highway towards the SSS department, and the human column followed him, chanting down with the SSS. When the people approached the department, they saw that the riot police unit was already waiting for them. The riot police began to beat people with truncheons. Someone from the crowd threw a Molotov cocktail at the riot police. A serious scuffle began. The riot police were cruel to people, there were many victims, people beaten to blood with clubs, many were put in police wagons, and there were several killed. At the same time, the killer shot Zakhar Propanov and called the Black Knight. I am reporting. The goal has been achieved. Object removed. Zavalny managed to hide in the crowd. He wanted to run away, but one riot policeman noticed him and pounced on him, because they had been instructed to catch Zavalny dead or alive. At that moment, the soldier thought that if he caught Zavalny, he would be awarded a medal, and raised in rank. A fight broke out between the soldier and Zavalny. When the soldier knocked Zavalny to the ground, a woman hit the soldier on the head with her bag, which contained bricks. The helmet did not save the soldier from the blow, and he also fell to the ground. Zavalny, run! The woman shouted. Zavalny quickly got to his feet, and ran away. Three other soldiers ran to the aid of the fallen soldier. One of them kicked the woman in the stomach. The woman fell to the ground. Chapter 5 The White Queen Begins to Attack 14. QF3 Ng8 Igor Ivanovich Patrucelli has long suspected that someone from the officers of the capital's SSS is a traitor who leaks operational information about the actions of the SSS to their main enemy. The main enemy dreams of overthrowing President Pulu from the throne, and Igor Ivanovich knows perfectly well that this is not Zavalny. Zavalny is the main associate of the main enemy, who performs actions to overthrow the president. If Igor Ivanovich gets to Zavalny, then he will get to the main enemy. But before he gets to Zavalny, he must figure out the traitor. Igor Ivanovich instructed his personnel of the spy department of the SSS to investigate and find the traitor. After two months of intensive work, Igor Ivanovich's soldiers figured out the traitor. It turned out to be Lieutenant Colonel Ivanov, whom the enemies never called by name, but called the code word Black Knight. That evening, when riots began in Brest, Igor Ivanovich gathered his soldier and told them that today they were going to detain the traitor Ivanov in his house. Igor Ivanovich said that he would go to the operation with the soldiers, and volunteered to be present at the arrest of the traitor. The soldiers surrounded Ivanov's house. Then broke in but found no one in the house. A thorough search gave no results for the capture. The traitor Ivanov with the code name Black Knight escaped. Chapter 6 The White Bishop Comes Into the Game 15. B on F4 Interpol has assigned investigator Giacomo Bongiani to search for the killer of the famous singer Enschkill in Berlin. The murder was committed on stage during a performance. It was not the singer who was killed, but his understudy, who performed acrobatic movements. The killer fired from the auditorium. After the incident, the famous singer realized that the killer had attempted on him, so he felt sick, blood pressure almost led to a heart attack, the singer had to be urgently hospitalized in the Cherai clinic. Since the singer was world famous and the case of the attempt on his life received an international resonance, the investigation of the crime was taken over by Interpol, and not by the Berlin police. For Giacomo Bonjani, the matter was quite simple. He first conducted an investigative experiment, 
which found that the killer fired a long-range rifle in a small corridor between the auditorium and the men's room. The toilet and the passage to the toilet were not equipped with a video surveillance camera, so the shooting man was not recorded. A man who was heading to the toilet from the auditorium five minutes before the shot was seen on a DVR in the auditorium. But since there were a lot of people, it was dark, and the killer was dressed in a black sweatshirt with a hood, it was impossible to identify the man by merging in the general crowd of spectators, there were no identifying signs. Giacomo examined the small corridor between the toilet and the auditorium and saw a meter-long ventilation opening, closed by a ventilation grate. When he opened the grate, in the cavity of the opening, he found a hidden rifle. This find shocked everyone. The rifle was professional, army. But how did it get here? The analysis of the weapon did not reveal the personnel number, which means that it could be concluded that the weapon was unregistered and contraband. And most importantly, the killer carried the rifle into the building long before the show, and safely hid it in the opening. And he came to the show as an ordinary spectator, shot at the artist, hid it back into the opening with a rifle, and disappeared into the crowd of spectators. When the police arrived at the scene of the crime, all 345 spectators were interrogated and released from the hall on recognizance not to leave. If the Berlin police did not report anything suspicious, then the killer behaved naturally and did not arouse suspicion. Interpol's first step was to collect and process data from all 345 viewers of that ill-fated show. Further, how and when did the killer carry the weapon into the building? He is either a nightclub employee or knows someone from the staff. The second step of Interpol was the collection and processing of data from all employees of the nightclub. Fortunately, there were not many employees, only 20. Giacomo was suspicious of Amy, one of the nightclub administrators. Viewing all the video cameras of this nightclub showed that a week before the show, some young healthy man came to Amy with a gym bag on his shoulder. Amy let the man into the club, and the man entered the toilet in the auditorium, as shown by video cameras. Amy was questioned. Yes, indeed, a week before the show, her boyfriend Till came to her work. Amy had run out of her shift and Till picked her up at the end of the day because they had gone to a picnic, just like they had agreed the day before. Till was on the show's viewer list. Giacomo no longer had any doubts that Till had shot at the artist. Why didn't he take the weapon to hide the evidence? Because he didn't have the opportunity. Immediately after that show, the nightclub was sealed by the police, and no one except the police entered it, not even the employees. Giacomo thought that maybe Till was counting on getting rid of the evidence later, if the police didn't get it first. An analytical investigation of this crime was conducted by Interpol, headed by Giacomo Bongiani. And the arrest of Till was already carried out by the Berlin police, having received data from the investigation, and an arrest warrant from Interpol. When the police ambushed Till's house, Till attempted to resist, he shot back. But when his cartridges ran out, he realized that further resistance was useless. He voluntarily climbed under police fire, and was killed. It was not possible to save him. Chapter 7 The Black Bishop Comes Into the Game 15 QF6 16 NC3B C5 17. ND5Q on B2. Davalny managed to escape from pursuit. He found a hiding place, and from the hiding place called his colleague, who brought him by car to the rally square. A companion came to Zavalny's hideout, and took him to home, in a small village near Brest. But when Zavalny called the colleague, the SSS tracked his call, and then his movement. When Zavalny arrived in the village, Five minutes later the lieutenant colonel of the Brest SSS Mashikov already knew his whereabouts. Igor Ivanovich, I'm reporting, Mashikov had a direct connection with the head of the SSS. Deserter Zavalny was found in a village near Brest, in a colleague's house. I look forward to your further instructions. Grab the bastard immediately. Shouted Patrucelli. And deliver to Minsk. Dead or alive. Yes, sir. Mashikov saluted. At this time, 
Zavalny called a special telephone. He did not get through to the Black Knight, and then he called his boss directly. General, I can't get through to the Black Knight, Zavalny said. So I'm calling you. Patrucelli exposed the Black Knight, so he has to go into hiding now, the general said. The Black Knight said this morning that your man would pick me up in a helicopter tonight. Yes. Colonel Skripok. Colonel Skripok himself? Yes. What are your coordinates? In an hour, the colonel's helicopter will fly from Poland and pick you. Zavalny dictated the coordinates of his location, and passed out. Then he showered, stripped off his clothes soiled with sweat, dust and rotten tomatoes, and changed into clean underwear, blue panties, and clean clothes. And then his companion also fed him. An hour passed. When the roar of a flying helicopter was heard, the military police led by Lieutenant Colonel Mashukov had already surrounded the house. The helicopter flies behind Zavalny, shouted Mashukov. Prevent the state spy from escaping. Grab him. Dead or alive. The helicopter landed in a potato garden outside the house. Zavalny ran to the helicopter, and his colleague waved goodbye to him. Zavalny, good luck to you. But at that moment riot police rushed into the garden, and started shooting. A firefight began, someone from the helicopter was shooting back at the riot police. Zavalny also had a gun, and he also fired back at the riot police as he ran to the helicopter. He even managed to shoot one soldier. Having reached the helicopter, Zavalny deftly jumped into the cockpit, the door slammed shut behind him, and the armored helicopter rose into the sky under shelling. Chapter 8 The Endgame 18. BD6B on G1 Giacomo Bongiani personally inspected Till's house when his body was taken to the morgue. Among his belongings there was nothing interesting, except for materials, magazines, books, leaflets, films, with homophobic content. From all this, Giacomo concluded that Till, as an ardent representative of the homophobic community, was planning the murder of the famous singer Enschville because of his non-traditional sexual orientation. In addition, Till's smartphone was found. Giacomo handed it over to partner Andre, to process the data, and then instructed to forward this data to the German Ministry of the Interior, at their own request. Giacomo considered the case closed. Colonel Skripok's helicopter landed in Poland at the house where the colonel is now settled. A couple of years ago, he resided permanently in the UK, in Salisbury. In Great Britain, he obtained political asylum when the Belarusian government accused him of spying for the British government. It was ten years ago. And two years ago, President Pulu ordered the poisoning of the traitor Skripok, and sent a special agent from the SSS on this task. The fact is that President Pulu learned that Colonel Skripok has allied with the president's main enemy, who is planning to remove the president from the throne. President Pulu ordered the head of the SSS Patrucelli to eliminate both, but the location of the main enemy was unknown, and the place of residence of the Skripok was known. When the Special Forces agent arrived in Salisbury, British intelligence suspected that something was wrong and put the agent under surveillance. The agent managed to poison Colonel Skripok, but when he tried to flee the country, British police captured him and proved that he had poisoned Colonel Skripok with Novichoke poison. Colonel Skripok was saved. The British government then raised a fuss all over the world, indirectly accusing him of attempting to assassinate the last dictator of Europe. President Pulu made a statement that time. Colleagues, your accusations are unsubstantiated. Until you provide proof of my participation in the attempted murder of the colonel, I forbid you to slander me. Since then, the surviving Colonel Skripok often changes his place of residence. He has now settled in Poland. Colonel Skripok and Zavalny entered the house. The Colonel poured himself and his guest a whiskey. Zavalny, I congratulate you on the successful completion of the operation, said the Colonel. You managed to awaken the frightened people. Now, all over Belarus, massive popular riots and clashes with riot police have begun. I tell you that now, 
I am entering the fight against the regime, and personally with President Pulu. You know very well that I have personal accounts with him. It is no coincidence that I live in Poland now. Thanks to my efforts, some time ago a powerful explosive device was installed in the building of the SSS department in Brest. Now, when the SSS is fully occupied with the popular revolt, I will blow up the department in Brest. The SSS will not immediately guess that the explosion was my work. This will allow me to gain time and blow up the SSS department in another city. Look. The colonel walked over to a table on which stood a wooden box. The colonel removed the lid from the box containing the button. He pressed this button. That's all, the colonel went on to say. Now in press the SSS department exploded. I hope that Mashakov is also now consuming the flame. Tomorrow morning, all the TV channels in the world will talk about this explosion. Zavalny blushed and sat down on a chair. He began to shake as if in a chill. Something bad to me, said Zavalny not in his own voice. What do you feel? The colonel asked. Pain throughout the body, Zavalny said with difficulty. You have exactly the same symptoms I had in Salisbury when I was poisoned with Novichok. It looks like they poisoned you too, Zavalny. The colonel called his helicopter pilot. Urgently start the helicopter. We are flying to Germany. Zavalny was poisoned with Novichok. He can only be rescued at the Cherite Clinic in Berlin. Chapter 9 The Endgame Continues 19 E5Q on a 1 20 KE2N a 6 21 And on G7KD8 Mass riots took place in Belarus, the people rebelled against the president, the government and the SSS. The SSS department in Brest was even undermined. During the explosion, Lieutenant Colonel Mashikov was not in the building, so he survived. The news about the revolutionary actions of the people of Belarus against the government as a sensation went around all the world media. The revolutionary actions continued for a week. The riot police managed to suppress the obstinate people, and stop the riots. After the unrest in Minsk ended, the singer Enschil returned from Berlin. He called the secretariat of the head of the SSS and asked to connect with Patrucelli, because he brought important information from Berlin. The secretary asked to wait for the singer when Igor Ivanovich calls him back. Patrucelli called the Enschil singer a day later. Igor Ivanovich, when I was almost killed in Berlin, I felt bad and they put me in the Cherite clinic, said the singer Enschil. Two days later, a helicopter flew into the clinic, and a patient was brought in. In the morning I watched the news on TV. In addition to the fact that mass unrest began in Belarus, it was reported that Zavalny was poisoned, and he was taken to Germany, to the Cherite Clinic. I then guessed that the patient who was brought in by helicopter at night was Zavalny. So what? And the fact that the next day a man came to my room, and said it. When I will return to Minsk, I need to call you and tell you that soon a documentary film investigation by Zavalny will be released on YouTube, in which he exposes the criminal activities of our president against the people. This compromising film was filmed in advance, and Zavalny's associates were ordered to publish it in the event that something happened to Zavalny. The man said that this incident had come. Zavalny was poisoned, and it is not a fact that he will survive. Now he is in a coma in the Cherite Clinic. Okay, I heard you, Patrucelli said. Thanks for the info. Igor Ivanovich, will there be any reward for me for serving in the interests of our country? What about the people's artist of our country? Is the merited artist of our country not enough for you? I would like to have the people's artist of our country. Don't worry, Enschville, you will receive everything that is due to you. Be healthy. The next day after this conversation, Zavalny's documentary The Greek Palace of President Pulu was released on YouTube, which became the apotheosis of the opposition's investigative and exposing activities. For many years Zavalny exposed all the officials and statesmen of Belarus in corruption, and now he has exposed the tip of this iceberg, President Pulu. 
he has no one else to expose. This film was watched all over the world, and in a week it scored 200 million views on YouTube. The press conference, President Pulu, when asked by a journalist what he thought about the film, answered shortly. This is unsubstantiated lies and slander. Now I am convinced that this oppositionist who made the film is an agent of the American Special Services. I know that Americans envy us, that we have a stable political and economic position in the country. Therefore, they are engaged in intrigues, bribing all sorts of rogues to destabilize our stability. The next news came from the German minister Martin Kelgen who made an official statement that the German government received the results of the analysis of the examination of the Berlin patient Zavalny. Laboratory analysis showed that Zavalny was poisoned by Novichok. In Belarus, riots and clashes with riot police began again. Igor Ivanovich Patruccelli summoned Special Agent Krivashev to his office. Krivashev, it's time to put an end to the main enemy of our president. From our Western colleagues, we finally received information about his whereabouts. It turns out that all this time he was hiding in Germany. Who would have thought? We all thought he was somewhere in Argentina. Krivashev, you know what you have to do, said Patruccelli and handed the folder with information to Krivashev. Krivashev, in the guise of an absent-minded professor with glasses, and a plaid jacket, arrived in Dresden got to the house in which the most important enemy of President Pulu was hiding. There was a guard at the house. Krivashev had to kill the guard by shooting him to get into the house. But when he got into the house, he realized that now no one lives in this house, because there were no clothes here, all the closets were empty. There was nothing to smear with Novichok poison. And if the main enemy of President Pulu lived in this house, then he had already fled. Chapter 10. Checkmate. 22. QF6 and on F6. 23. BE7. When Igor Ivanovich was very tired, together with his bodyguards, he boarded a private plane, and flew to his personal Greek island, which he bought ten years ago. This time he did the same. He needed a couple of days of rest before starting the difficult work. And he had a lot of work ahead. The Belarusian people continued to rage, and Igor Ivanovich, as the head of the SSS, had to begin a long process of repression against the rebels of the current regime. Igor Ivanovich, together with his bodyguards, got off the plane, and entered his large house on a Greek island. Guys, Igor Ivanovich said to his bodyguards. I have not slept for two days because of all these events. I'm tired. Now I'm going to my room to sleep off. And you rest. The whole house, the bar, and the pool are at your disposal. Answer all calls that I'm busy today, and will call back tomorrow. And tomorrow we will go to sea on a yacht before we return to Minsk and to our work. Igor Ivanovich went up to the second floor, and entered his bedroom. When he turned on the light, he saw in front of him the traitor Lieutenant Colonel Ivanov a.k.a. Black Knight, who pointed a gun with a silencer at him. Are you? Igor Ivanovich was surprised. But Black Knight did not answer, and instead he shot Igor Ivanovich directly in the forehead. Igor Ivanovich fell. The Black Knight bent down to the lifeless body, and whispered. I knew, Igor Ivanovich, that you would fly here. It follows you. You always arrive on your island before a big assignment. So I prepared. Perhaps Pulu will outplay us again, and we will not be able to seize power in the country, but it will be very difficult for him to clean up all the problems without your help. So sleep well, Igor Ivanovich. Giacomo Bongiani was also invited to the annual award ceremony for the Interpol officers in Lyon this year, because he was also awarded. Interpol General Louis de Junes thanked Giacomo for the work done, exposing a dangerous world criminal and terrorist and presented him with medal. Giacomo made a short speech in gratitude for the attention to his work, and promised to continue to serve as a guardian of order, law and world peace. Colleagues applauded him. When all the medals were presented, the banquet began. At the banquet, Giacomo approached General Lewis and said, 
General, let me talk to you tete-a-tete. Yes, of course, Giacomo. What happened? General, I am really grateful to you for the medal, but... I do not understand why it was awarded to me. You said that I exposed a dangerous world criminal and terrorist. Have I really exposed such a criminal? Yes, Giacomo. Thanks to the fact that you exposed the homophobe till, we found a world criminal and terrorist who was planning a coup d'etat in Belarus. I'm talking about the former general of the Belarusian army sovereign. For many years General Sovereign was a close friend of the Belarusian President Pulu. And then Sovereign decided to seize power in the country, and was preparing an attempt on the President's life. But President Pulu, together with the former head of the SSS Patrucelli, found out about his plans and intentions and exposed the General. The General managed to escape and cover all traces behind him. But he was on the wanted list of Interpol. For many years no one could locate General Sovereign. And when you gave Till cell phone data to the German Ministry of the Interior, we finally got on the trail of Sovereign. The fact is that on Till's phone there was a correspondence with some mysterious general. It was this general who ordered the homophobe Till to kill the singer Enschwil, and he sponsored him, with money and weapon, Till gladly agreed to fulfill the order from the general, because he specialized in the capture, and destruction of gays. By the contact on the phone, we managed to figure out the general's location. Surveillance was established. The persecuted person lived in Dresden under a false name, and was identified as General Sovereign. Although, of course, he is no longer a general, he has lost his status. They say that there are no former generals, said Giacomo. That's true, too, General Lewis laughed. As a result, General Sovereign was lucky again, he managed to escape from Dresden. But as you know, we now have powerful technology. And the one who once fell for our hook, in the future, will no longer be able to jump off it. According to our information, General Sovereign is now hiding somewhere in Argentina. We have already passed on all the information about General Sovereign to President Pulu. Perhaps the Belarusians themselves, without our help, will deal with their state criminal and troublemaker. General, don't you think that President of Belarus Alexander Pulu is also a criminal? His own people are revolting against him. Giacomo, my dear. Talking about politics is not your business. Your business is to expose, and catch the world's criminals. It is important for us that there is peace in the world, and most importantly in Europe. And we must admit that Alexander Pulu has been able to preserve this peace in Europe for many years. We can say that Alexander Pulu is our ally. He knows how to keep his wild and violent people in strictness. Can you imagine what chaos will begin in Europe if the wild Belarusians are without control?